Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome once again, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. It's a beautiful time to be a, a resident in the Valley of the Sun. We had the Hale Murray today, an improbable you know, touchdown pass that won the game for the Arizona Cardinals and at the same time lost me my fantasy football game. You can't have it all, but who cares, man? The Phoenix Suns uh, are, are, are on top of everybody's mind right now. The Arizona Cardinals are on top of everybody's mind right now. So it's a great time to be a a sports fan in the Valley of the Sun. You know, this is the Suns Jam Session Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm John. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Matthew. Matthew, Paul, Lissy, what's going on, man? Wow, the full name. Am I in trouble or something? No, man. This, no? Like, this is the time of year when things are going like this. I have to use your full name because yeah. that's the policy is to use Matthew, Paul, Lissy. Dude, the freaking Cardinals. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it sucks. But that catch, bringing it in. It, it just, the Cardinals were they a lot of close losses this year. And they finally, they brought one in. Maybe the Suns could do the same thing with a CP3 trade. That's what I'm saying, man. All eyes are towards Phoenix right now. LeBron's tweeting it. D-Hop for the, you know, giving him kudos for the amazing catch he had. The CP3 yeah. rumors are running rampant. Everybody's wondering, you know, what truth is out there? What's not true? We don't know. Uh, you know, we're we're excited and honored on this podcast that we're going to have Flex from Jersey once again on the on the show. He's one of the people who are kind of close to the situation. Uh, he he knows a lot of people kind of when NBA front offices out there in Jersey and, and has an idea uh, of what's going on. And his fingers pretty close to the pulse there. So it's going to be exciting show in that aspect. And then following that, you know, one of the reasons we brought Flex on originally onto our Thursday show is we wanted to discuss draft prospects. And with all the CP3 news that's breaking, we didn't have a chance to go through all the draft prospects. We only got through the guards. So we're going to be talking about the forwards, uh, the wings, the bigs, uh, and kind of, you know, who we feel potentially could be that number 10 overall pick for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, So it's going to be a a fun podcast. We'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Um, You know, you got to remember to subscribe to the pod on YouTube. You know, if, if you're watching it there, please hit the subscribe button hit the thumbs up. It helps the algorithms or something I'm told. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how it all works. I just, I do as yeah. I do as I'm told. Um, follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. The Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network is where this is posted. So make sure you stop by there and, and you know, hit us up, man. We got plenty of content coming out. A lot of stuff coming up, man. I mean, normally we do Sunday night at 8 p.m., Thursday night at 8 p.m. We're going to have to fit a Tuesday one in this week, man, I think. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, probably. But I'll do every night. If, if this week goes to what, how we think it might go with the trade and then the draft, there's going to be a lot of news to talk about. So we'll be we'll be around. Let's just say that. Yeah, plenty of things to talk about. So tune in every day, possibly, to the Suns Jam Session podcast to get the up-to-the-date. Uh, you know, As it's happening, we're going to be there to break it for you. So, Matthew, you got a beer to drink with me tonight, man? Or, or 
Oh no, actually no. I went to Circle K and someone actually broke in and they aren't didn't break in. They, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You'd say hey, that happened to me it last week. It was closed week. down. I couldn't get a beer. I know. So no well, beer for me. Sorry. Sunday well, night. If you're watching live on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, feel free to pop open a beer with me. Let's drop the beat, my friend. And let's talk Phoenix Suns. So much is going on in the world of the Phoenix Suns right now. We obviously have the ability to trades or trades are actually going to start going through. I think it's uh, noon tomorrow, Eastern time, which yes. is 10 a.m. local time. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to start happening. And of course, CP3 is kind of at the top of everybody's mind right now, given the fact that he's pretty much requested to become a Phoenix Sun. So, you know, first, let's bring in Flex. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's yeah, I can't Flex wait. from Jersey. How you doing? Look at this planet orange, man. We're all wearing yeah, orange today. Planet orange, guys. We did planet not orange. plan this. Was not arranged. Planet orange, guys. You guys can hear me fine, right? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, looking fantastic. How's everything, Jersey, man? I know you had a storm there a few, you know, what, like 30 minutes ago. We weren't yeah. sure if we were going to be able to get you on. Yeah, we had a little storm. The light started flickering, lost lost power kind of a little bit, but uh, it's back in order. The storm's passed, and uh, we're ready to go, man. I'm glad I'm glad Mother Nature didn't get in the way of this. Very, very good. Did you get your football in for today or no? I did. Wait, I did. Did you? Very yeah, good. We, we got the football in. We had a good day. So uh, now it's time to talk basketball, man. Planet Orange, we're going to, you know, part two. We, we I think it was Thursday, right? We did part yes, one. Yes, sir. Yes. And yes. I, I had a blast, man. So let's uh, let's get part two out the way and let's, let's give Planet Orange what they want, man. Amen. Well, you know, speaking of storms, you know, you're getting storms over there in, in Jersey. There's storms around these CP3 rumors, man. Like, so I know that you were with us on Thursday and you were talking about it. And then you actually were on the solar panel as well on Saturday. And you talked to Dave and Espo and the guys and Saul over there at the solar panel. Uh, shout out to those guys. Fantastic job there. Uh, what's new since you talked to them, man? There's, there's got to be something new, right? Or is it still um, no news is good news? Um, No, we're beyond the no news is good news thing, man. I think the news is starting to circulate a little bit. Um. I mean, we are where we are, man. And, and uh, you know, again, with, with respect to my sources, you know, I'm always going to respect and protect my sources. So it's, it's important that I tread lightly and we, you know, I talk about what I can talk about. Um, unfortunately, guys, you, you, you guys know how I operate on Twitter and, you know, I'm going to try to give you guys some information, tip, you know, little, little clues here and there. But, um, you know, I, I can't just, you know, outright say some of the things I, I, I want to say, but. Um, here, here's the thing, guys. Um, this is uh, moving rapidly at this point. OK. And uh, I think uh, early in the week we talked about it when we started to kind of break the news. And, and I, I made it very clear that I thought the situation was in the high 90s, mid to not high 90s, that CP would be a son. And I think it's clear that um, we're moving in that direction. But, you know, something happened on Friday. Uh, I started to get some information, started to talk to my sources and my contacts, and it went from being high 90s, like 99% to down to 90%. Um, and then by Saturday morning, when I got on the uh, Fox Sports Arizona solar panel, um, it was about 85%. And there were a lot of questions. There were people saying, well, Flex, what happened? How did it go from 100 to 85? 
Well, you know, I think you're seeing what what the what the issues were. This is how it got from 180 85. You know, I think the Phoenix Suns initially, um, it's no secret. You know, you can't really do this deal without Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio. You know, maybe a guy like Ty Jerome, and um, you know that tenth pick was the hot topic or the hot conversation. Um, but you know, I, I think it's starting to circulate that there's some other stuff going on, and that's the negotiations. That's what it is, right? I mean. NBA teams negotiate. You go low, I go high, and it's a game. Um, I can confirm um, that, you know, on Friday there was a hard deadline from a particular source um, directly with Phoenix. And uh, I kept tweeting out subliminally that the, the clock was ticking and people started asking what that meant. What does that mean, Flex? You know, things can't get done until, you know, this date or that date. What do you mean the clock is ticking? And uh, without saying too much, that's what I meant. The clock is ticking because as of Friday, it was a hard deadline. And, and the, the perception was that they want to get things done uh, by the weekend or by the end of the weekend. And so you start to get these talks and, uh, you know, things are things are moving in the right direction in regards to CP3 being a son. I just don't know if it's the direction that is popular for a lot of people. Um, but I, I you know, I, yeah, well, you know, again, you got to give something to get an all NBA future hall of Famer, Right. And, and that's just the way it goes, man. Um, you know, I remember when we got Jason Kidd, we had to give up Michael Finley and there were a lot of people that were upset about that, but when it all said and done, um, I don't think anybody regretted, regretted, regretted giving up Michael Finley for the years that we had with Jason Kidd. So, um, I'm not comparing CP three to Jason Kidd, but um, at the end of the day, you have to get you have to give something to get something. And that's where we are. So negotiations, James Jones and, and Sam Presti are playing chicken right now. And uh, somebody's going to give in. And uh, once that person gives in, then we're going to matriculate to the point where it's going to you know, we're going to hyper analyze this and we're going to get into, you know, forensics mode. And we're going to say, OK, is it good? Is it bad? You know. And, and that's, that's part of, that's some, you know, that's, that's, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for right now, as far as on the CP front, there's nothing telling me that CP three is not going to be a Phoenix sun. And, and that's a positive thing. Everything else is, uh, you know, can't, can't get talked about, uh, at a later time. Yeah. That's great news, dude. Honestly, I was thinking keeping Booker happy is the number one thing for me. And Agreed. it might be, it might be a player, even the pick that might, we might have to give up, but that's what we got to do. And I'm following you and Woj 1A, 1B in this thing. So anything <laughs> I see from you is what I trust. Um, but how much do you agree? I mean, just keeping Book happy, that has to be something that we all would be agreed upon, right? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, this is your 24-year-old franchise player. And um, without, you know, let's 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 take the, you know, let's take the uh the subliminals out of it for a minute. Okay. I I, I know that. Uh, it's not a uh, it's it's not a secret that the name Cameron Johnson is being circulated. Okay, so yeah. um, let's let's just keep the subliminals out of it and let's just work on the premise that you know he may be a guy that is of interest in this situation. Okay, um, you got to keep Devin Booker happy, man. Devin Booker wants Chris Paul to be a Phoenix Sun. Um, uh, Chris Paul wants to be a Phoenix Sun. Um, and let, let me say this a little different. Uh, Devin Booker wants to win. I don't think Devin Booker cares who it is. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't want to say, you know, any specific names. But again, Devin Booker wants to win and you want to keep him happy. 
And it's going to be a hard sell. It's going to be a hard uh, thing you're going to have to do if this deal were to break down for a particular person. And uh, and now you got to explain to Devin Booker that the reason why you didn't acquire a future Hall of Famer and a guy that can get you in the playoffs for the next two years and 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 get you to the you know the rightful attention that you deserve, uh, we didn't do that for a guy that played 55 games and averaged you know barely nine points uh, a game for the season. With that said, I don't. I'm not saying I agree with it. Okay, I'm not saying I agree. If uh, you know a guy like Cameron Johnson were to be added to the deal. Uh, but I will say that uh, there's many layers to this. And if that were to be the case, I totally anticipate that we'll be keeping the 10th pick. And I totally anticipate that there'll be two or three additional players that we're not talking about right now that will be eventually Phoenix Suns. And in that case, uh, you know, it's you know, you're, you're losing something, but you may begin something that's just as good or better. Well, I think. It, it, it's tough when you say that, Flex, because it's it's one of those things that we're all weighing as Suns fans right now. You know, okay, if you do get CP3, what do you have to give up? If you don't get, you know, acquire CP3, how are you going to make this team better going into next season? I think that, you know, the bubble hype was real. What we saw is the last impl- impression that we had of this team. And therefore, we're really attached to that. We're like, well, hold on, this team's good. But is it good enough to win in the West with Golden State coming back healthy next year? It's going to be tough, right? So as we start to weigh all these different options, you you start to put names in there that we're emotionally attached to. I mean, you look at how the Phoenix Suns released the Valley uh, uniform set, the City Editions this week, and it's Kelly Oubre. It's Cameron Johnson. You know, it's it's Mikel Bridges. It's the this young Valley Boys course, DeAndre Ayton. It's these guys who, you know, Devin Booker would have been there, but he was on some island with the Kardashians <laughs> and the Jenners, you know? So, I mean, it's but, but, but that's the identity of this team. And now, as the CP3 talks and negotiations have been discussed throughout Suns Twitter and, you know, Suns Facebook, and if there's a Suns LinkedIn, probably people are talking about it on there too. But wherever it is, people are really kind of, you know, trying to draw their line in the sand. And I think you made a good point, Flex, when you said, you know, you got to give something to get something. You know, there's the pros and the cons. And the, the cons, obviously, we've talked about before. You know, CP3 is 35. Statistically, a lot of point guards who are over the age of 35 aren't highly productive. You know, see Steve Nash to the Lakers in 2012. Uh, there's the fact that he has health issues and he's been injured, off injured, especially in, you know, within the past five years. I think that Oklahoma City did a really good job of running a three-guard system that allowed him to play less minutes and be more productive as a point guard, be more effective, and keep him healthy enough to play 72 or 70 out of 72 games. So those are kind of the cons. Obviously, the contract's the big one, but it's a two-year contract, and it's possible if we move the right pieces that we obviously can afford him. But then you start to look at you know the pros, obviously, of bringing him here. He can open up DeAndre Ayton in a way that – we might not have ever seen with DeAndre Ayton. I think one of the biggest challenges we've had with DeAndre in the two years he's been here is the ability to simply get the guy an entry pass. I mean, he can catch the ball. He's he's a finesse player he, who can be aggressive if he gets the ball in the right place, but it's always a challenge to get him an entry pass into the post or on, on a proper pick and roll. So you're adding that aspect. And the other aspect you're really adding, and I actually wrote about this on Bright Side of the Sun a couple days ago, is the fact that if CP3 comes here, he's going to bring potentially other people with him. He could bring Danilo Gallinari. He could bring Nerlens Noel, who's somebody who had a great year last year with him. He could bring, I wouldn't want it, like Austin Rivers is somebody who we could, you know, bring in and have on the bench. I'm with you, Matthew. I shake my head on that one too. You know, I'm not a big Austin Rivers fan, but there's a lot of people who are connected to CP3, who <clears throat> yeah, he is yeah. and what he's done. 
that makes the Suns even more appealing. So these are both sides of the equations. And again, in order to give up or, or in order to get something, you have to give up something. And then when you start to say the name Cam, I think a lot of us as a Suns fan, I, I, I'm a I'm a huge Cam fan. I think that he has a, a fantastic future you know, with the team. I think that he's one of those people we all as Suns fans get behind because everybody in the national media just said this guy – uh, you know, what are you doing taking him where you did in the draft last year? And he's, you know, he proved them otherwise, even though they didn't put him on any all rookie teams, which is kind of garbage. But at the same time, like he might unfortunately have to go. And if that's the case, you keep the number 10 pick and you can potentially draft a wing with that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, listen, I, I, I agree on all fronts, man. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, man. And you know, again, you know, I, I'm going to report what I'm hearing from my sources. Um, I am not in control. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, listen, you know, you you guys, I'm sure you guys have sold a car in your life. And, you know, you say you want five grand and the guy says he'll give you four. And then you guys meet in the middle at forty five hundred. And that's mm-hmm. just how it works. Right. You, you know, you don't you don't want sometimes you you're you're locked in on you know, a certain situation and you're, you're continuously saying no until the deadline comes. And that's why that's the epitome of a deadline. This is why we have deadlines, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll have these deadlines and you'll see GM's posture and saying, no, 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 we won't do this. And then when the deadline comes, you know, I, I can remember vividly, um, you know, uh, Toronto saying we're not trading DeMar DeRozan. They called yeah. the dude like eight hours before he got yeah. traded and said, bro, relax. We're not trading you. And then guess what? The deadline came up and it was like, hey, it's Kawhi or nothing. You got to give me DeMar. And they gave him DeMar. So is James Jones fighting to keep uh, these core pieces? Absolutely. And that's what I've been getting the whole time. But now it's time where the clock is ticking and it's time to do something. And this is where you might have to, uh, you know, sacrifice something to get something. But again, um, I mean, listen, if 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 we can if we can get a little bit if for a couple minutes, if you don't mind, I don't, I don't want to ramble here, man. But no, go ahead. I just want to try to get out as much as I can for Planet Orange and, and all the people uh, on the chat and stuff. Um, so so here's the thing, guys. I I can sit here and make an argument on on both sides. I mean, I absolutely love Cam Johnson. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I, I would not want to add him to the deal, but, um, you know, here's something to consider, guys. Listen, first and foremost, Cam Johnson, uh, you know, is is older than Devin Booker right now. Yeah. Okay. He's older than Devin Booker right now. Um, he's had two hip surgeries in college. And by the time you have to sign him to an extension, if he were to play out his time in Phoenix, he'd be a 28-year-old man, almost 30. Okay. Um, so, you know, when when you look at everything is considered when you talk to the when you talk to these people, they're looking at everything. And um, the idea is that, you know, a happy Devin Booker an elevated DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mikael Bridges about to take that step, you know, the 10th pick, someone else you can bring in um, with the core you got. I'd say I put this if I can simplify this, I'd say, listen, if you lose Ricky Rubio, but you replace him with Chris Paul, that's a plus. Can we agree with that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you agree that if you lose uh, a Kelly Oubre that I'm telling you emphatically, guys, and and I know people don't want to hear this. People love Kelly and and you got this whole Kelly debate. I'm, I'm telling you, Kelly Oubre is an absolute flight risk. 
Kelly Oubre's chances of being with the Phoenix Suns if we keep him are very slim. Yes. So you're you're trading a guy um, that you know is not going to be here in the next twelve months. Yeah, you're, you're trying to you're trying to get some assets back for somebody who you're not going to have. So why not try to get some assets? Correct, and that asset is is in the in the form of having this cap space that can probably allow you to bring in a Jeremy Grant, a Danilo Gallinari, uh, a Davis Bertans. Okay, these are all guys, and now with those names I just mentioned. I think the idea is, you know, uh, what Mikel Bridges brings to the table is something that's very unique and hard to replace. This guy can be a top five guy at his position Mm -hmm. uh, with what he does on a two-way 3D uh, situation. A guy like Cam Johnson right now, I think, is going to be an elite shooter. But there is a belief that you can replace a shooter much easier than you can replace a guy like Mikel Bridges. Um, So, you know, there's a lot to consider here. I'm not a fan of trading Cam Johnson, but I will say, I think we're much too far down the road to, to, to feel like Cam Johnson is going to want be the one that derails his trade. Yeah. If, if that's not saying too much. Do you think a deal's done by noon Eastern 10 o'clock Arizona's time tomorrow? Listen, guys, you're going to see me go to this thing right here. Like, oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this. you flex, man. You've had a busy week, bro. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm trying to do this and text and watch what's going on on the phone because I can tell you right now, uh, a part of me thinks I'm, we're going to be doing this pod and in 20 minutes I'm going to say breaking news, Chris Paul's a son. I mean, I, I really do. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know. It's, it's just one of those things. Um, I just got a question from, from one of my guys and said, what leverage does, does uh, OKC have? And the reality is, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. But the, the leverage, I don't know, is so much OKC as much as this Chris Paul's can. You know what I mean? Like I said, there's yeah. so many layers, man. And so when you well, think about think, everything, it's I mean, hard. They reported today that uh, Schroeder's going to end up in L.A., Correct. So how does that affect the Suns, essentially? Does that give the Suns more leverage or less leverage, do you feel, in that situation? I think it gives the Suns more leverage because I don't think Chris Paul is going to be willing to go back to a team that's completely gutted. Okay? And, mm-hmm. and I, think, I, think we, you know, I think we know this, but um, I, I don't think – Oh, see, here's, here's the thing that people aren't understanding. Um, Chris Paul's probably not going to go back to OKC. So people would say, well, we got the leverage because we know he's not going back to OKC. But that doesn't mean he can't go to the Clippers or the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so right now his number one preference is the Phoenix Suns. But if we continue to, you know, kick the can down the road and not get things situated, you know, who's to say Chris Paul might come back and say, okay, guys, I gave you your opportunity and you turned me down for a guy that played 55 games. Now I'm insulted. Now yeah. I'm insulted. Now and, I don't want to. And play now Devin Booker's upset because we didn't land the big fish that could essentially help him win, exactly. and he knows he has to carry the the team on his back another year. And you know, I was having this conversation with uh, a coworker the other day, and I'm like, you know, one thing you have to really understand is Devin Booker. The the key to truly unlocking him is to bring in somebody like Chris Paul who can be the alpha next to him, because then Devin could just be the exactly. scorer. He doesn't have to be the the field general on the court trying to call out players because, frankly, it's just not something he's really good at. We well, have I think, Chris Paul where that's what he does. Go ahead, Matthew. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I think that they can split that definitely, right? Chris Paul yeah. and Booker. I think that would be amazing because there's not a lot of pressure on Booker really, you know, just to be the number one guy. But also, why – okay, Chris Paul is not going to go back to OKC, I don't think. I think they're in rebuild mode, and I think that, honestly, 
for some reason, Chris Paul is kind of thought of like as a dime piece or something crazy. I know he has two good years in him, and I think he still has a chance to win a championship, but the Suns have the best package. If we give up, given Cam and not the pick, that's great. But I just don't understand how OKC thinks they're going to get so much for Chris Paul, who is older but still has a chance to win a championship, like I said. But I feel like, do you think they're just asking for so much? I feel like they destroy teams, OKC, like the Clippers, you know? They, they'll mm-hmm. just destroy teams, like gut them. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do with the Suns. But I think mm-hmm. the Suns are smart enough just like to hold their horses, you know, and be okay with like giving away maybe um, Cam Johnson, but not the 10th pick. Well, no, I, I, again, I'll reiterate that, you know. And again, this is my, this is just, you know, <laughs> this is me working the phone well, for the last I'm attacking week. you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sure. Listen, you know, again, I'm, I'm, there's a misconception that reporting something is is like predicting something, and that's not it. That's not how it works. You you report what you hear, and then what you heard five minutes ago changes, and and that's just the nature of the beast. And people don't want to hear that. People say, "Well, you know, I thought you said they weren't they wouldn't trade Cam." Well, on Friday, I heard emphatically they wouldn't trade Cam, but but now this is it's in the conversation. So I guess to answer your question is, you know, um, you know. So OKC has a history of, of doing exactly what you said, mm-hmm. Matthew. You know, they, they're, they're, Sam Presti is a savvy vet, and, and this is what he does. And, and I will say this, though. Let's, let's take the emotions out of it, and let's stop acting like Suns fans for a second, and let's start talking about, like, we're OKC guys, okay? Mm-hmm. And here's the reality. Ricky Rubio can't play for them. They have Shaq Gilgis Alexander. They have Ricky Rubio has no future with OKC. Kelly Oubre, through his sources, has probably made it very clear that he's not going to resign in OKC. And we're not giving them the 10th pick. So what are they getting in this deal? What are they actually getting in this deal? Now, there will be a third and a fourth team probably, and there'll be some some crumbs from each direction, and they're going to probably get a a combination of picks from multiple teams. But, you know, I don't know that they're gutting us by doing this. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a complete gut. And, and again, I, I haven't, re- I haven't gotten any indication that this is done. So the idea that people are saying this is a fish, it was done. Uh, I think that's a little premature. And I still think James Jones is holding on the hope that he can probably get them to take the 10th pick and not, and not include anyone else in that package. But I'm just saying that at this point, it has become a, a possibility that uh, can actually come to fruition. Um, so it's not pie in the sky, guys. This is not pie in the sky. Well, I, I agree with Rick Johnson in the chat, in the chat you know, on YouTube. He said, I'd rather give up the 10 if we could keep Cam. I think that's how the majority of Suns fans feel. I think the problem is the fact that OKC has a king's ransom of picks right now that they got for Paul George and for Russ Westbrook. So they're not necessarily looking for picks. They're looking for players. They're looking for people to put out there and be productive, knowing that they've got picks locked up for the next seven years. I, I mean, how yeah. many first? They have like five they have first 16. round picks. They 16. got 16 first round picks in like yeah. the next five Yeah, years. so I mean, they're not going to want our 10. That's what everyone, you know, we're kind of protective on the 10 and Cam. Those are two things that like, if we're going into the poker, if this is a poker table, those are the two chips we're not willing to put out there. We're like, okay, we'll put up Ricky Rubio. We'll put up uh, Kelly Oubre. You know, and and okay, maybe the tenth pick, but that's not what they want. You know, if, if we want to, if we want to get something, we got to give something. We got to put a, a couple more chips in there. And that chip might be Cam. And you know, am I a fan of that? No, but is that reality? Per- perhaps. I mean, we'll find out. 
you know, maybe as soon as tomorrow at 10 a.m. You know, hey, I guess. Yeah, yeah go hey, ahead. Hey, hey, John, you know what's funny, though? I'm, I'm going to say something, man. And and again, this is this is just a thought the that fact, I had. That we all wore uh, orange. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you an interesting thing. And it's just funny how, you know, feelings change like the weather. When we drafted Cam Johnson, everybody said, Cam who? I was just going to say this. What? Yeah. Cam Johnson, exactly. we reached. Yeah. What We reached for that kid. That kid's never going to be good. And now those same people are saying he's untouchable. So <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta really put things in perspective, guys. Um, you know, he's a really good player, and I think he's going to be phenomenal. And I think that if he can stay healthy and reach his, his potential, you know, some one of my good friends gave me a comp and said, hey, you know what? I think he could be a Kyle Corver type guy. Um, and, and matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I was talking to my partner, Dan Duarte, and we were having this talk off, off the, off the, off the record. And, um, you know, he mentioned, uh, Kyle Corver, and I think that's a great comp, mm-hmm. but, um, guess what is, is Kyle. If I told you guys both real quick in 10 seconds, if I told you guys last year, this time last year, knowing what we know today, and so we're going to take, we're going to reach for this kid, Cam Johnson, and no one knows. And then we're going to use that kid to acquire Chris Paul. Would you have said no? What are we waiting for? I don't even know who Cam Johnson is. That's what exactly. people are saying. Right? So, so let's let's you know, let's take a step back, let's take a deep breath, and let's just put a little bit more trust in the Suns front office and, and a little more trust in the fact that Devin Booker, DeAndre, and, and Mikael yes. Bridges are still very much Phoenix Suns and and are the core of what we're doing. And so let's keep it at that. You know what I mean? And you gotta you gotta worry about next season too. Like, if you're if you're telling me it's ten plus wins with with the lineup of Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and then also Devin Booker, like I'm gonna say yes too. I'm not just I don't want to give up Cam Johnson, but honestly, if it's ten plus wins, like yes, if it's in the playoffs, if it's guaranteed playoff um, entry, then yes, of course I'm gonna do that. You guys like Davis Bertans? I do. Yeah, I like him a lot. Okay. I don't think so, I don't think we have a shot at him though. I think that Washington's hell bent on re-signing him, and they'll probably offer him more than we want to. What do you got? They, they love him, huh? No, yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> no, I'm saying they love him, but yeah. but I'm I'm telling you, we, we like him too, and he is a free agent and he's unrestricted. So yeah. I'm going to say this. I mean, uh, if 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 I were a fly on the wall and you put Cam Johnson and Davis Bertans in the gym and said shoot a hundred threes, who's going to make more? Man, wow. Like, Davis Bertans is incredible. He can shoot the basketball. And so it goes back to the point from one of my sources when he said, you know, Cam Johnson's skill can be replaced uh, pretty Mm -hmm. easily. So it's, you know, something to think about, guys. Well, kind of on that note, let's let's talk about potentially replacing that skill. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the reasons we brought you on on Thursday was we wanted to talk about different draft prospects. We got through all the guards on Thursday. Uh, but with all the CP3 noise, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about the wings and the bigs. So let's start talking about some draft prospects. I mean, the draft is Wednesday, guys. Like, finally, the draft is Wednesday. Yeah, I've, been yeah. wa- I've been waiting for this draft for like, it feels like two years now. And, it's, you know, I wish we, this was like a really strong draft. You know, if this was the draft, you know, like three or four years ago, it would have been really fun to have all this time and really have a lot of really good debates on, you know, Josh Jackson versus Jason Tatum versus Lonzo Ball versus Darren Fox. 
and have eight months to talk about that. Of course, 2020, in true 2020 fashion, decided to give us kind of a dud draft. Suns are sitting, sitting at number 10. We've been looking at these guys for way too long. We've probably talked ourselves into and out of every one of these picks. But let's start talking about some of these wing players. What I'll do is I'll bring up different wing players, and then I'll just kind of get – we'll all kind of give our thoughts on them, you know, whether or not – we think that this is a, a fit for the Suns. Is this a James Jones guy? Is this guy good, but he's not going to be available? Things of that nature. Sound good, guys? Got it. You yeah, got it. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, before that, can I just ask something really quick? Please. Yes, I, will Chris Paul and Blake Griffin be reunited in Phoenix? No. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Listen, okay. listen. Put that flex bomb. No, okay. no way. No. Oh, come on. I can, I can avoid a bomb that one too, man. I wanted like, to that. That's, that a hell, that's a hell no. I love Blake Griffin. A lot of money. I, hey, I, I love Blake Griffin, but yeah. believe me, there's, there's some other things going on behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a hard no. I love <laughs> it. He jumps no. over Kias and such. <laughs> oh, Matthew, he, he's like, I want the 2013 Los Angeles Clippers playing in Phoenix. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right, so here we go. Here's going to be the first one. I'll let uh, – what's that? Matthew, you haven't talked a bunch, so I'll let you talk about our first guy, and that is Devin Vassell. He is ranked number seven on Kevin O'Connor's big board on the ringer. Uh, he's the wing from Florida State, six foot seven. Uh, what do you think of him, Matthew? Well, you act like that's a bad thing, not talking a lot on a podcast. I don't know why. But yeah, <laughs> dude, this is okay. There's a lot of people that might not like him, but he's honestly my guy. I'm going to say this year. He's going to be the steal the draft for this year. He's going to be the best player coming out of the draft. A three and D guy can shoot the three, of course. But Gamble says the Suns don't have a chance at him. I don't think so either. But I think he's going to go top five, honestly. But he can shoot the three, the best defensive player in the draft. But I feel like any team that drafts him this year, they're going to have the best player going into this year. Not saying as a whole, as a career, but I think he's going to be the most outstanding guy. He's my favorite since the beginning of time. So, but what do you think, Flex? You like this guy? I absolutely love Devin Vassell. I've been on Devin Vassell for a long time. Um, I've done a lot of study, a lot of tape on this kid. And let me tell you something. Um, he absolutely is the best defensive player in the draft. Uh, if you love Mikel Bridges, you're going to love Devin Vassell. You're talking about basically two Mikel Bridges on, on the same team. These guys are uh, like clones. Um, if you want to comp for somebody that's in the league right now, you don't have to go very far. He's a Mikel Bridges clone. He plays defense. He plays within himself. Uh, he doesn't try to play. He doesn't try to do things that he can't do. Uh, he's a heck of a team player. He can shoot the three ball. I will tell you this one little red flag. You know, he's adjusted his jump shot a little bit during the, the pre-draft workouts. Yeah. Um. And and I'm not liking what I'm seeing on tape, to he be said, honest. He said not to buy into that, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm hoping it's true because here's what I do know um, from, from years of being around kids and, 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 and shot being a shot coach and stuff like that. I, I can say this it's much hard when you, when you make these changes, most of the time, these guys revert back to what they've been doing forever. So it's much harder to, to, to force the change than it is for them to revert back and reverting back was just fine. I mean, he shot a great percentage. He's a heck of a shooter. I'll throw an old school name at you guys that I think he reminds me of. Cause you know I do this right. I'm yes. gonna give you the new school guy. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the old school guy. Uh, I think he reminds me of Allen Houston. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think he's got a little bit of Allen Houston in his game. I think he can be a really good basketball player. Mm -hmm. And in, under the premise that we may be losing some guys that we may ha not have planned for, this would be a complete steal. Um, mm -hmm. And the idea that he won't be there is probably a good one by Gamble. I think there's a lot of teams that value him. 
but I, I do think we have a shot. I, I will say that. I don't think it's as far-fetched as people think, and uh, he, he, I, I love him. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. He's actually one of my top guys as well. If he was to fall to 10, I, just, I think he's an NBA-ready guy. And I think when yeah. you look at this draft, there's a lot of really good prospects who you know are going to have the ability to assist teams and be effective moving forward over the next few years, but a lot of guys who need development. You know, there's aspects of their game that are very developmental. I feel like Devin Vassell is a very well-rounded player. And given kind of the modern NBA and his the, the way that he plays defense, he's an instant impact player. So he's the kind of guy who would come off the bench. You know, if Cam were to be, to be gone, he's the kind of guy who would come in and assist in, in ensuring that he locks down the opposition from a defensive standpoint. He can add some offense. Obviously, that's kind of the trade-off. Cam gives you offense. Dem Vassell, if he was to be drafted, would give you defense. So it'd be interesting to see how James Jones approaches filling the rest of the roster in an effort to ensure that there's consistent scoring once Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and CP3 in that theory uh, come off of the floor and how they gonna how are they gonna continue that you know offensive onslaught. But I'm a big fan of Devin Vassell, watching the way he plays. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting to see if he's actually going to fall to us. Because you look at a lot of different mock drafts, and he's all over the place. And I guess that's true with the majority of these players. But it's all over the place where he's going. He's going as high as Matthew, as you referenced. He's, he can go as high as number five. And some have him dropping all the way to like 14. So it'll be really interesting to see where he falls. Next up, I got a kid from Auburn, and that is Isaac Okoro. Another wing. He's a freshman. He's number nine on KOC's big board. Six foot six guy. A superb defender with a perfect skill set for the modern positionless game, but needs to improve his jumper to have more value on offense. Uh, let's start with Flex this time. Flex, what do you think of Isaac Okoro? This kid's NBA ready defensively, no question. This kid, this kid's an absolute stud on the defensive end. Um, offensively, he's very raw. He's got a lot of work to do on that end. Um, but I mean, you're not drafting him if if a team if a team drafts Isaac Okoro. It's to come and play defense and to develop into a 3D guy eventually. Uh, he's not there quite yet. Um, th this guy gives me a little bit of pause. There's days I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I can get all in on him. He reminds me of OG a little bit from Toronto. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and OG, remember, OG came in, he tore his ACL, um, but he was known as a defensive stud that couldn't really shoot. And, and, and we see that he's slowly developing and he had that big shot in the bubble. Uh, for Toronto. So um, I, I like Isaac Okoro. I just think that based on the premise that, you know, the things that might happen uh, that we discussed might happen. I don't know that he's a guy that you want to kind of bring in and, and wait two, three years for his offensive game to develop. But um, otherwise, I, I think he's OK. He's cut from the cloth of a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of Michael K. Gilchrist in there, man. I can't mm -hmm. lie. You know, it wears me a little bit. You just worry about those guys that are just defensive athletes, but just haven't proven enough on the offensive end. Uh, but th this kid, this is a good, good character kid, man. And uh, I, I think he can turn it around and, and eventually be a plus. So um, I, I, I say I like him. I don't love him, but I like him. Mm -hmm. Matthew? Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I think he's kind of like an underdog story though. He was, I guess he played AAU at like age seven, something crazy like that. But he, he's never really been like high on the boards, um, even going into college and from high school. So he's had, he has that kind of like a lot of um, heavy weight on his shoulders. Like he basically has to rise to the occasion every time he's on the floor. But yeah, his offense is very boring. It's like what you can say, like basic occasion sex in a way, you know, it's just very, <laughs> very, very, he, he's very a much just... It's like, yeah, yeah, there you go. It's just, yeah, let's just get it over with on the offensive end. But defense, he's just amazing, man. But I think 
one thing that sucks too is the shot is terrible, but also his free throw percentage is really bad too as well. But yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, they just need to improve their shooting coming into the draft. But the defensive guys are fun. And Flex, I just want to ask you really quick: like, mm-hmm. would you pr- rather prefer having a guy come in on the team that you drafted as like a defensive? specialist or an offensive specialist trying to learn defense or the other way around with the defensive specialist trying to like learn offense and get a jump shot up. That is, that is bro. That is a phenomenal question, dude, because I coach the game of basketball. So here's the, here's the thing that I always tell people. Um, you can turn a good shooter. Uh, you can turn a, a bad shooter into a good shooter, but it's very hard to turn a bad shooter into a great shooter. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The, the shot, it's just one of those things that is, is something that I believe you're either born with it or you're not. And then yeah. the op- it's, it's actually very similar on the defensive end. You know, I coach kids that can score buckets for days, man, but I just cannot get these guys to do what some kids can do on defense because that's a motor thing. And you're born with that. You know, you got to to, to be able to want to defend for, for 48 minutes, 94 feet and just be a dog and impose your will on another player. You can't teach that either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, it's two entirely separate skill sets that I think are entirely um, extremely difficult to, to force upon someone. But if you're asking me what I prefer, um, I prefer an offensive guy that, that I can teach a little bit of defense okay. as opposed to a defensive guy trying to teach him offense. Very cool. Well, there you go. And so Isaac Okoro is not somebody who necessarily you would draft. And, yeah. and, you, and you look at KOC's recent mock draft, and that's who he has the Suns taken. And number 10 is Isaac Okoro. And it's something that I just don't really see. Uh, you know, again, we talk about kind of the prototypical, prototypical James Jones guys. I don't see Isaac Okoro as a James Jones guy. As Correct. both you guys mentioned very eloquently, the guy can't shoot. He can't dribble, do anything off the dribble either. Right. Somebody, you know, can't drive left. Uh, isn't very effective, no pull-up jump shot game or anything like that. You bring him in for your defense. And again, as this team is really starting to turn the corner and try not to build off of prospects and try to build off of NBA players, he's not the kind of guy you want to bring in and, and try to, to to give the opportunity to train and to develop. And I think, I mean, Matthew, you and I have said this since March is we should trade the 10th pick. That's always been kind of our stance because we yeah. don't want to develop guys. Yep. You know, now we might be in the situation where we do have that 10th pick. So why spend it on a guy who you have to develop? Go get a De- Devin Vassell. Go get an Obi Toppin. Go get a Tyrese Halliburton, Killian Hayes. These guys who are pretty close to NBA ready versus trying to take a guy like Isaac Okoro and teach him how to, you know, throw up the ball <laughs> from the free throw line. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, right. he, he has a hard time doing it, so... That's where I kind of stand there. All right. How about next on the list? Patrick Williams. Okay. So you have Devin Vassell. His running mate at Florida State was Patrick Williams, six foot eight, uh, versatile offensive threat who can, who can serve as a shot creator or as a screener. He can fill a range of roles. What do you think of him, Matthew? Well, uh, this guy actually seems like he can hang on the defensive end um, one through five where he can really guard anybody. He's a big dude, but when you watch him, when I watch him, I feel like he plays like a point guard in a way. He's not a playmaker, really, but he can really move the offense and, you know, move around defenders like a point guard. I know that's probably weird to hear, but that's how I thought when I watched him. It's not. I'm sorry to cut you up, but it's not a great observation. Oh, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, he's athletic too. Um, he might be a play more of a playmaker than I than I know. 
Um, I, not that from what I saw from videos, but high IQ, which is awesome. Of course, the shooting is just bad. But besides that, I mean, this guy might be a steal too. Who knows? But he just he's a guy in a positionless NBA where you can take him and just put him wherever, I feel like, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, this is why I love talking to you guys because it's, it's nothing – there's, there's no better night for me than sitting here talking ball with a bunch of knowledgeable dudes. <laughs> and, and, and you just you just you just hit a home run with that comment there, uh, Matthew. Let me tell you something. First things first, I absolutely adore this kid. I, I, I love him. I love cool. this kid. OK, um, he can definitely defend. He's, he's going to be a dog. He's got a motor, super athletic. He's going to go into the draft as the actual the, the, the youngest qualified player in the draft, I believe. OK, but but here's why I love your comment. What people don't know is this kid was a point guard in high school, which is why, which is why your observation makes sense. Okay. This is a kid that was five, nine in high school and actually played point guard and had a growth spurt going into Florida state and became a big dog. <laughs> okay. But, but, but because he played point guard in high school, when you have that growth spurt, you don't lose those skills. You don't it's lose like Anthony that, Davis. Exactly. And there's another guy in this draft that has that same situation who was 5'10 in high school that we're going to talk about. Sure, I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to bring him up, but he's a similar guy who had the same situation. He had a growth spurt at the school he's currently at. Um, and so when they have those, I love bigs that have point guard skills or, or were guards and had growth spurts because now you got that east-west uh, uh, shake that other guys don't have, and you have these quick twitches that again, you can't teach, you know, a guard has a unique way of playing basketball and bigs are different. But when you take a big who was once a guard and then you have these growth spurts, they don't lose a lot of these instinctive things. And so this kid is a dog. This kid reminds me of, you know, athleticism wise, man, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that you guys, you guys might love. Don't overreact with the comp, but an old school comp, he's got a feel of Amare. He's got a feel of Amari Stoudemire. He really does. He just does some things that I see on the court that I remember watching Amari do young and saying, oh, my God, like this, this kid can be something. Um, and he's pretty developed on the offensive end. So I tell you what, um, if I was picking for the Suns at 10 and that kid was on the board, I'd be hard pressed not to take that kid. It's, I, I absolutely love Pat Williams. I agree. And I think, again, he's another one of those guys who is all over draft boards. You don't know if he's going to go high or, you know, fall in the lottery, but he's a, he's a steal. I think that, you know, we talk about NBA ready guys. I feel like he's just on the cusp of being NBA ready. He needs a little bit more development. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, uh, Matthew, you nailed you hit the nail on the head on that one, because, you know, one thing of one of my observations was his ability as a playmaker to utilize hesitations, especially on the pick and roll. I thought that he it's just it's something that is a, a very unique skill set. And, you know, they, I, I really like the Amari comp because you see shades of Amari with this kid. So Patrick Williams, if if we're sitting there at number 10, I'm not going to be upset if we take Patrick Williams. I'd be interested to see who else is on the board. Yeah. You know, and that's what it comes down to. It's like if we take Patrick Be uh, Williams, but like Devin Vassell's on the board, like I'm upset. But if Vassell's gone, I take him. Now, here's another right. guy that, that I'm pretty high on. And if he's sitting at number 10, again, you got to kind of look and see who else is gone and who hasn't. But that's Sadiq Bay, man. This kid from Villanova, six foot eight, ideal three and D wing with versatility on both ends. Plus, he makes an impact even when he's not scoring. Uh, Flex, tell me what your thoughts are on Sadiq, man, because I think this kid's a gem. I love Sadiq Bay, 
and you've got impeccable timing, my friend, because that's the guy I was just talking about. I knew that's it, what I thought it was. It. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> in the chat's been saying his name too. Yeah. Right. So Sadiq Bay is a guy that was five nine, five ten in high school, also was a point guard, and uh went to college, developed, grew into himself, and still plays like a point guard. He's 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 a point four, point three, point four type guy. And um, let me tell you something about Sadiq Bay. Um, first things first, I absolutely um, I'm infatuated with anyone that plays for Jay Wright in, in that Villanova program. Yes. Okay. That guy is an NBA machine. He he breeds NBA ready players. If you play that Villanova and you play for Jay Wright, you're gonna come into the NBA and be a damn good basketball player. And I think we see that with you know Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brunson. Uh, uh, you know, Eric Pascal, and this is a guy he reminds me of. He reminds me of Eric Pascal. I think he's mm. going to be a steal of the draft. I think this kid can do everything. It's th- this kid can do everything. Um, he's steady Eddie. And I, again, I just have a thing for Villanova guys. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a North guy, North New Jersey. And we had a high product a guy named Randy Foy went to oh, high yeah. school, you know, went to high school. One of my nephews, he's a local kid, um, has relationships with my family and, and uh, and he played on the Jay Wright and, uh, you know, firsthand experience, man. Uh, you play for Jay Wright. He's going to get you ready. Similar to Calipari up in Kentucky, man. Um, so I, I love Sadiq Bay. I think he's going to be phenomenal. And if we took Sadiq Bay at 10, some people may question it. But if you want to replace Cam Johnson, wow, man, this is this is a guy. <laughs> this is a guy. It's, it's funny you say that about Villanova because they're a Catholic university. And, you know, every Catholic university in the entire uh, you know, great United States. My dad makes me aware of. He lets me know. You know, it's like Boston College. They're Jesuit. Loyola Marymount University, Jesuit. Gonzaga. You know, uh, and then you have Villanova, named after. Uh, I think it's Saint Saint Thomas of Villanova. I think is who it was named after. So <laughs> I've, I've always been in tune with Villanova, and I always like the guys. Like I said, Jay Wright produces NBA ready players. Matthew, what do you think of Sadiq Bay? Oh man, I love him too. Um, the only thing, like you said, steady Eddie. That's that's perfect because he he does lack explosiveness, but that's fine, man. He maneuvers around the court, does whatever the hell he wants. But what's perfect is he's a pick and roll ball handler. The the yeah. one play that nobody can guard in two thousand years for some reason. It, as long as you have a guy like this who's a three and D threat and it can handle the ball on pick and rolls, that's unstoppable. I feel like anybody that gets this guy, it's probably going to be the steal of the draft i think i said that already five times this, this, this <laughs> but yeah man he has great footwork the three-point shooting i mean 45 percent from three that's ridiculous and the yeah. guy is unselfish too he's a lot of these guys you'll see they'll come out of the draft where they'll they'll be three and d guys a lot of these wings but they're also like looking for teammates like if nothing's there a lot of them are very unselfish and this guy is the same way where he's just going to find the wide open teammate yeah so sundress dunks brought this up in the chat not at 10 do you think that if we have the tenth pick, Sadiq Bay is the right choice, or is he a guy you can move back four or five picks and still get? Because he's fallen in a lot of mock drafts, and mm-hmm. I, I and again, you just you don't really know where he's going to end up. Uh, according to KOC, they have him going eleventh to the Spurs. Of course, mm-hmm. the Spurs would get a, a guy like this. So, yep. do you think he'd be <laughs> worth it at ten? I love my boy uh, Sundarus Dunk. That's my guy. Shout out to my guy. Love him to death, man. We talk all the time, but listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say yes at 10 because here's what I know uh, from my sources, from speaking to people around the league. Listen, Cam Johnson was a reach at 10, but I can tell you emphatically, I know from a close source that he wouldn't have got past 15 Detroit Pistons. They loved him. Mm. Okay. 
So the problem you risk with not taking him at 10 is if you want to drop back, you only got a couple spots you can yeah. drop back. And if San Antonio wants him at 11, you're in trouble. So I will I will agree with him. If, if some of the guys we talked about earlier are still on the board, then obviously I want to go with those guys. But assuming Vassell's not on the board and maybe Pat Williams is gone, uh, now you're getting into that territory where you're like, hey, do I risk, you know, do I risk trying to go back a couple spots and getting cute? So um, I, I love I love him. And if I got to get him at 10, um, I'm not going to go crazy about that. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Get your guy. That's yeah. what yeah, it's get, about. Get your guy, yeah. All right. So the last wing I'm going to talk about is a guy who I was actually really high on when I first started doing my research. And I think the only reason he's dropped is because I've seen so many of the other guys that I feel like are uh, more well-rounded. But that is from Vandy. That's Aaron Neesmith. Uh, he's six foot six, uh, possesses a high flamethrower jump shot. He projects easily as a high end role player, though he flashes raw ability off the dribble. This guy is, you know, he, you, you want to talk about kind of the other side of the Devin Vassell kind of player and the Pat yes. Williams kind of player. That's this guy. This is the guy. He's just, he, his shot is, is beautiful, in my opinion. And he can shoot from all over the, the court. He's got a high motor. Um, and I just think that he's somebody who. He's 19th now on uh, KOC's big board, but he's somebody who I think is, if we were to trade down and try to get a wing who can really fill the Cam Johnson role, this is more of your guy because he's a pretty one-dimensional player. Matthew, uh, what do you think about Aaron Neesmith? Yeah, three-point shooting. He's a beautiful shot. Um, but everything else on offense, not very good, which is fine. I mean, as long as you got some guy on there that can actually shoot the freaking ball, that's amazing. But his defensive IQ, it reminds me, maybe... He's a bigger Devin Vassell, but maybe he's a poor man's Devin Vassell in a way. I don't know yet. Um, I would have to wait till the course in the NBA. But from what I'm watching, it just seems that way. He's a big dude, though. But defensively, he can contest at the rim, which is awesome. I mean, any guy that knows how to defend without getting in foul trouble, which this guy kind of looks like that, is a mm -hmm. big plus. And I think just having a three-point shot, of course, and off-the-ball movement, always ready. He seemed like he was always ready when the pass is there to – to be this, this would make Devin Booker very happy is when Booker's driving to the lane and someone's actually over there in his window to pass the ball. Mm -hmm. This is Neesmith. A lot of the Suns players didn't know how to do that. We saw a lot of frustration of Booker for that. So Aaron Neesmith is that guy where he's going to be ready to shoot the ball and be in the wide open window. Right. Listen, uh, Give me one second, guys. I'm just getting a text, and I okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. No, no, no. I just, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm not missing something, guys, because my phone is going crazy right now. But Aaron Naismith, listen, I, I love him. I, I love him. And again, I don't want to sound repetitive, but you guys are throwing guys that I love. <laughs> so, um, I, I tell you what, um, he he's the best shooter in the draft. Not not a great. He's the best shooter in the draft, hands down. There's nobody that's got a better shot than uh, Aaron Nesmith. And I, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna give my son a shout out here. Okay, so I watch a lot of tape. I watch tons of tape. I'm up till two, three, four in the morning sometimes watching tape. And and one night um, I'm overloaded on tape, and I send a clip over to my son. And I say, Hey man, look at this kid, and tell me who he reminds you of because I got somebody in mind, but I want to make sure I'm not tripping here. And um, he sent me back a message. And sure enough, I'm going to tell you who he said. He said, he said, Pops, he reminds me of a smaller Cam Johnson. There you okay. go. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and I was laughing because I'm like, this kid reminds me of Cam Johnson. He's just smaller. OK. And, and so, uh, again, hy hypothetically, if you're losing the Cam Johnson and you're getting a smaller Cam Johnson, that may not be a bad situation. And then the other side of it is. 
I think it's a little bit, you know, he wasn't asked to do a lot, uh, you know, with the ball and be creative at Vanderbilt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this, this flashes of, Again, don't overreact, guys. I'm t- just talking about particular flashes of things, but there's flashes of what they what Kentucky did with Book. Okay, there was a, there was an idea that Book couldn't handle the ball, Book couldn't create a shot, Book did nothing off the dribble. He was just going to come in and be a shooter, yep. and everybody was dead wrong about that. And so this kid, I think, can has the ability to do a little bit more with the ball in his hand. But just the style of play of Vanderbilt and the way they ran things, they relied on them so much to just be a shooter and, and keep the defense honest. Um, that team wasn't very good. Um, I think he can do a little bit more. He's a little more explosive than people uh, think. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's um, it's interesting. He's a guy I love. He's a guy, though, like the Sunders Dunks uh, just said, he's a guy that I think you can move back a couple spots. And 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 that if if you got him at at fourteen or fifteen, that would be ideal. I don't know if I want to take him at ten, but again, you the NBA shooting is a premium, man. So you can't have enough shooters like a kid like that. So um, I like him. I like him a lot. So let's talk about some of the bigs. Uh, first up, you know, <laughs> there's no way the kids fall into <laughs> us, but James Wiseman, the guy who played three games at Memphis. Uh, you know, give me kind of a quick. 30 seconds spiel on him flex and then Matthew do the same thing. I'd like to talk ten, about I'll him give more. A 10 second. Yeah. Like he's good. We won't get him next. <laughs> what he, do you he, got? He's, he's good. We won't get him. <laughs> he's, he's Hassan Whiteside clone, Hassan yes. Whiteside clone, that type of guy going to rebound, defend block shots. I don't trust his range. I, I don't buy that. He's got a jump shot. And, um, in this NBA bigs need to shoot. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not getting too much into that. Yeah. Hey, Warriors, don't pick this guy. It'd be a waste. He's not the future of the franchise at all. I think he is white side number two, which is John's favorite guy in the NBA. So only on NBA 2K. <laughs> I only love white side on NBA yeah, 2K. But he actually has a good motor, though. What I hear or what I've seen and actually what I hear. But um, I don't know. I, I've never liked him. Never been a big fan. I can't believe he's going to go top three, but he's a big dude. And he's seven one. So that that's why. Yeah. All right. So the next kid is the kid from SC and that's Onikwe Akongwu. Uh, currently number five on KOC's big board, six foot nine. You know, they classify him as a big because, uh, I guess he's just, he's more of an inside threat than he is an outside threat, but he's more of your, you know, kind of defensive shot blocker, interior scorer guy. Uh, Matthew, what do you think of him? Yeah. Athletic two-way player. He is, uh, someone that is a super weird shot. He has super weird shot. looks like he's holding in a fart, but honestly, he, his weakness (laughs) though is a fouling on the defensive end. So I mean, he's going to be a high pick. A lot of people like him, but a good they pick do. And, big, big pick and roll guy too. So that's a big mm-hmm. thing I'm on. So I like that as well. Yeah. On Yeke Congo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always, always have a trouble with his name, but he got too. big game. That kid's got big game. Um, I agree with uh, Matthew. Though. He's got some funny thing going on with his shot and he's definitely foul prone. Um, but, you know, he brings a lot of intangibles, man. Uh, Bam out of bio like. Okay. Um, there's days I look at him and he reminds me a little bit. Of, I, I think he can become a Serge Ibaka type guy. Um, I, I just think Serge's shot was much better um, and Serge became a much better shooter. I don't know if this kid can take that leap, but he screams uh, 
Ibaka type impact with the right team. You know, I remember when OKC took Ibaka, they had Harden and Durant and Westbrook, and he can and he kind of slid in as the fourth guy and was like the unsung hero for many years over there. And there's there's people that believe they got rid of Harden because they wanted to keep uh, Ibaka. So without getting too crazy here, I think this kid's got a lot of game, and somebody's going to get a hell of a basketball player for 10, 15 years. This kid, this kid's got it. Yeah, he's another one of those guys who I just don't think he's going to be available. I mean, he's starting to go higher and higher, I feel. Uh, according to KOC, uh, I think they have him going number three right now to the Hornets. So he's somebody who's just kind of out of our range. Um, but what's interesting when you start to look at the bigs is what's the Aaron Baines situation? You know, Baines isn't going to be back. Frank Kaminsky, I think Gambo said, isn't going to be back either. So it's like to back up De- – uh, DeAndre Ayton, you're going to have to get somebody in there. So, you know, with all this talk of potentially losing Cam in a trade for CP3, you could try to plug that wing gap through the draft, or you could try to plug that five gap, you know, and rely on free agency to plug your wings. So I think that it gets real interesting when you start to talk about these next guys, because these are the guys who are actually attainable, I feel, for the Suns. And when number 10 comes up, these are the decisions that have to be made. Do we want to go wing and go like uh, Devin Vassell or Sadiq Bey, or do we want to you know, take a shot at one of these bigs knowing that we're going to need to back up um, DeAndre Ayton. And the next guy I want to talk about is my favorite prospect in the draft since day one, the guy who I think would be an ideal backup to uh, DeAndre Ayton and maybe play some four when Ayton is on the court. Matthew, you know who I'm talking about, right? Is it Jalen Smith? No, nah, man, it's Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. I love me some Obi, <laughs> man. Kid, uh, he, in my opinion, he kind of yeah. fits that James Jones mold due to his age. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's big guy. Reminds me a lot of Amari. I mean, the first thing you see when you watch this kid play is Amari Stoudemire. Okay, now he's not going to be great on defense. I'm not asking him to be great on defense. I'm asking him to come in and and like I said earlier, that second team unit needs some offensive firepower. This kid's got the offensive firepower, man. He is a beast. Yeah. He took Dayton to uh, I think just one loss this year, and I was really it, it was. When it comes to March Madness, it was the one thing I, I I feel like I was most let down by when it came to the pandemic was the fact that I didn't get to see Obi Toppin and Dayton take a shot at, at running the table because I feel like they really could have. So, uh, mm-hmm. Flex, what do you think about Obi? Oh, man, who doesn't love Obi, man? This kid's phenomenal, man. Um, reminds me of Amari Stoudemire. Listen, I'm a little bit scared about his defensive issues. He's got some defensive issues. He loses his attention span he doesn't he doesn't rotate well he leaks out a lot because he's an offensive guy so he wants to leak out and transition a little bit more than he should yeah and i think that's why he has some real big issues on the defensive end um and i'm gonna tell you right now uh you got to play defense for monty so that gives me a little bit of pause but i mean come on i'm not passing on obi topping man i'm taking him every day of the week twice on sunday he reminds me of amari i'll give you two more guys um as much as he reminds me of Amari, he reminds me of two other guys. He reminds me of Blake Griffin, and he reminds me of Aaron Gordon. Okay, he's he's cut from no same yes. cloth. Yes. Okay, um, so yeah, he can he can do it all offensively. I think the kid's going to be a, an absolute stud in the NBA. And if the Suns are fortunate enough to be in any way, in any way, shape, or form within range of Obi Toppin, uh, you got to really seriously think about maybe moving up or or doing what you got to do to get your hands on a kid like that. But um, yeah, I'm a big Obi Toppin fan, man. This kid's a top five guy on my board. Yeah, for real. Honestly, it's really cool because he's coming to the NBA already with a shot. Like he has a step back shot that Blake already has that had to develop because of injury because he was so explosive going to the rim. Like that's something we had to wait for Amari too as well as a shot. But he already has it. He has a step back shot. He can shoot the three. 
didn't shoot a lot of them, but honestly, he's pretty good from. I think he shot like forty percent or something like that. Yeah, man, his senior year shot seven a game. I mean, he so, yeah, yeah. From I don't think high volume. Yeah, yeah high volume. And like I said before, he's another one of these guys that's finding his wide open teammates. He's not going to force anything. He's explosive. He can probably dunk on a lot of dudes, but he's basically Amari Stoudemire that can win the dunk championship. I think <laughs> it, it, well, it, it, it'll be interesting because you know KOC's mock draft has him going at nine, and I've seen him all it's over the place. Down. It's all yeah. over the place. He was going to be well, number one at one time. Too. Yes. And then we actually, uh, SB Nation did their mock draft where they reached out to all the individual sites and they had them do a draft or take their draft pick. And, you know, Bright Side of the Sun had number 10. And that was the conversation that we were having on the Slack channel between all the Bright Side guys was who do we take? And Obi Toppin was there. We ended up taking Kyra Lewis, but Obi Toppin was sitting there. And that was, you know, I was, I think I was the first one to answer. I'm like, Obi, like, I want Obi. So right, we'll yeah. see what happens if he's there. I think it's a shoe in, it's instant offense, it's an NBA ready guy. Uh, the next guy on the list is going number 20th currently on KOC's uh, mock draft to the Miami Heat, and I think that's actually a good place for the kid. And that is from Maryland, Jalen Smith, coordinated big man who can shoot and handle the ball, though he'll need to make strides on defense to become a full-time starter. Matthew, what is your kind of uh, thermometer, barometer, speedometer on Jalen Smith? <laughs> He's fun. He actually is a big dude that can run the floor. He he can really start and finish a fast break, which is awesome. Outside shooting is good. He's athletic. He can rebound. He's a rim protector too as well. Um, but he's also a pick and pop threat. So running those fast breaks or even off a pick and roll or anything like that, he can actually hit a shot. So that's freaking awesome. But defensive footwork, of course, for some of these guys, it's it's hard to do in the college, but he'll get better maybe in the NBA. But that's that's a negative. Passing isn't as good, but I don't care. As long as this guy actually can shoot from the outside and can get the ball off the rim, he's good at getting the ball off the rim. He can see where it's coming out off of, which is awesome. That's something that this guy can do. Um, he's he's going late, but this is someone that I feel like the Suns would probably have to trade back for not to take at 10. Yeah. What do you think, Flex? Rock solid. Rock solid. This kid's got a lot in his bag. He's got a lot in his bag. He can he can he can block shots. He's super aggressive. He's got a high motor. I'm really impressed with his shot. I think he's a guy that's going to come into the NBA with this new league and, and fit right in. Somebody's going to get an absolute steal with this kid. Um, he, he's just, again, he's, he's one of these guys that if you're a coach, you just love Jalen Smith, man. He just does a little bit of everything. You know, not great at anything, but really good at everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and you just can't have enough of those guys. I mean, he does have flaws. I don't want to make him out to be a, a perfect prospect. That's why he's going 20. But um, I think that there's going to be a very lucky team that's going to get this kid 20, 22, and they're going to sit back and be like, wow, how did that kid go that, you know, that low? So, yeah, I, I love him. He's super physical, man. I mean, uh, yeah. again, another guy that reminds me a little bit of Serge Ibaka mm -hmm. um, because I think he's more of a Serge Ibaka clone because he can actually shoot the ball like Serge can as opposed to in Congo. But, uh, yeah, man, got got everything in the bag. Well coached, um, plays hard, and – and uh, I wouldn't be mad if, if the Suns got their way, got a, got a way to get a kid like that. We'd have to move back, definitely. Though. Yeah, he's, you know, when we look at those move back candidates, I think he's definitely yeah. in there. But I think what works against him is the fact that he does have everything in his bag. He's not necessarily a specialist, which is what right. James Jones really likes. He likes those specialist guys. So if we do move back in the draft, you know, Desmond Bain is a much more uh, sexy pick than taking somebody like Jalen Smith. Uh, the yeah. last guy I want to talk about is a guy whose last name I always have a hard time with, and the way that I say it is not good considering COVID's out there, and that's Precious, Precious Achua. 
Uh, he sounds his last name's like a sneeze, but uh, he's the he's the kid from Memphis who essentially had to kind of carry the the team on his back, knowing that Wiseman was only played three games. Uh, Flex, are you big on this guy? Is that you who I saw on Twitter a long time ago who was talking about him? Precious, yeah, Precious is intriguing, man. This kid, uh, I, I mean, I know this guy took a big step back. The guy I'm about to compare him to, but at one time, he was a pretty damn good basketball player. Another another North product from my hometown, uh, Kenneth Free. Okay, mm. really, really athletic, high motor. Um, this is a type of kid that winning teams have. Like, this is a guy that you know, Montrez Harrow like. Yes, um, yep. just just unbelievable motor, man. Unbelievable motor, and you're gonna get a hundred and fifty percent from this kid every night. Um, offense is very raw. You know, you're gonna get a lot of a uh, rim runs, and you're gonna play the pick and roll. He's gonna he's gonna run run hard to the rim and get a lot of lobs and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, Precious is extremely underrated, man. Um, this this kid is another one. This is why I said on part one, you know, I'd much rather be in the middle of the first round than than at the top because these yes. are the type of guys that you can get your hands on. So mm-hmm. yeah, Precious is very intriguing, man. I like guys that just go, you know, balls to the wall at all times, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's high energy, and like you said, he's Montrezl Hero, but basically, and uh, that'd be nice. He is six nine, but he can maybe be somebody if the Suns trade back to back up DeAndre Aiden. I know he's only six nine, probably plays a four, but he's a rebounder too as well. So that'd be awesome. But yeah, athletic, and I just think just high energy, man. There's not really much to it. It's just the motor keeps going and going for this guy. Are there any prospects out there that I did not mention that you guys want to talk about? Danny, we get out of here, tonight? Danny Avidaja. How, how yeah. are you saying guys? Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about him, but he's one that we can just note. Like he, he's gonna. How do you say his last name, good. dude? I am <laughs> Advija. I think so. I don't Advija. know. Advija. Yeah, he's a Capricorn guard, though, so that's pretty interesting to me. You but besides, that, <laughs> 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 nah, nah, I mean, he's not a guard, but he can play he's a guard. Wing, but, yeah, yeah. He's guys just one of those guys who, you know, when I watch the tape, he looks really good, and there's there's a reason he's number four yeah. on KOC's big board. It's just it, it's that overseas factor you know i just don't know you know luca is the kind of the unicorn because every other guy in over the past like five to ten years hasn't played out that way so you've seen him play in in international competition you've seen him play against you know grown men and you still don't know how that's going to translate to the nba because grown men playing in the israeli league is not grown men playing in the nba what's uh what's your feel on him flex yeah, man, he, he's got game, man. I, I like him a lot, man. I mean, I think there's no there's no way in hell we get him, but um, I, I he's he's a heck of a basketball player, man. He can he can play the two, three, or four. I mean, this kid, he, he can handle the ball, yeah. he can bring it up, he can shoot the ball. He's got a high IQ. Most of those guys that play overseas, if you don't have an high IQ or just you know uh, very good at the fundamentals, you're not going to do well over there. So. You know, a lot like Dario Saric, more athletic, a more athletic Dario Saric, a little bit of Hilo, Hilo Turkoglu in him. Um, the good Hilo Turkoglu, not the guy that we got in Phoenix. You got <laughs> yeah. the, the guy that won six man of the year in Orlando, that that guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him a lot, man. Denny's a heck of a basketball player, man. Um, a lot of potential. Yeah, he, he'd be the best fit for the Warriors, I think. If they keep their number two um, spot, mm-hmm. they they need to get this guy. He can sit behind them maybe for a little bit, but he can play with Steph and Clay. Like, I think he'd be perfect, man. But yeah, yeah. he, he, uh, I mean, he started playing young, but he honestly didn't get a lot of playing time till last year when he was 18 years old. But besides that, he is playing with grown men again, but he's just a very, very smart player. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going to bring up this one just because I love this guy's name in the YouTube chat. Uh, remember, if you are watching on YouTube, to press like for the al algorithms and subscribe and hit the bell and all that stuff. But this comes from Cole has big balls. It says, go over Jaden McDaniels, please. Ooh. So, guys, give me your thoughts on uh, the kid from Washington, Jaden McDaniels, six foot nine, uh, really hyped up prospect, but overwhelmed as a freshman. You know, I, I think that this is somebody who is really out of the sun's range unless we have that second round pick kind of guy, but definitely has a lot of talent. So give me kind of your thoughts on him. Let's start with uh, Matthew. Red flex. Oh. I, <laughs> go ahead, Flex. You sure? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, this, this, kid, this, this kid's got talent, man. This, this yes. kid, I can't fathom why there's not more people salivating over this kid. Um. I will say this, and it's, it don't don't take the college connection because it's got nothing to do with it. It's just a thought that I had when I watched the tape of this kid. He's everything we wanted Marquise Chris to be. Okay. Yes. Um, but Marquise just couldn't put it together. This kid um, can do everything, and and you know Rashard Lewis is a guy. If you remember from the Sonics, he was a heck of a basketball player. Mm -hmm. I don't know what a lot of the intangibles, man. This kid can bring the ball up. He can shoot the ball. Uh, he's he's going to be a scoring threat in the NBA if he can put it all together, man. This kid, uh, I, I just, again, the, the mystery of this kid is what are we missing? Because there's too many really good draft evaluators that just keep passing on this kid. So what is it that we're missing? Because I can't find it on tape, man. This kid, uh, this kid's got a ton of potential. And again, one of those guys that if you can secure a late, a later first round pick, you take a flyer on that kid because this kid could be an all-star if he puts it all together. All-star. Well, and he's also somebody who, due to his draft stock, is going to end up on a really good team. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that's going to play. So if he does have personality issues or anything behind the scenes that you know we really don't know about, he's going to go to a team that has a winning culture and has guys and veterans in, in place. They're going to have the ability to kind of write the ship for him. Matthew, what right. do you think about Jaden McDaniels? Well, honestly, to tell you the truth, I can read these notes by um, KOC right now, but I haven't studied oh. this guy at all, so I have no thoughts on him. My apologies. <laughs> Keeping it real, I appreciate. Let me scramble. It. Let me scramble and knock my computer over. Yeah, to that's how you know. Up. Like I, I so, so I'll I'll end the podcast with this question for you guys. Mm -hmm. It's Wednesday night, five ten for or five forty five Arizona time, seven forty five for you flex over there on the East Coast, mm -hmm. and the Suns are on the clock at the tenth pick. Okay, who do you take? Who's okay, the me? guy? Now, 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 obviously, it is based off of who's gone, but who's the yeah. one guy in this draft that you want, Flex? <sighs> Man, no, knowing what I know, guys, I want Devin Vassell. I knowing what it. I know, thank okay? You, you. Knowing what I know is Devin Vassell. I just I just don't know that he's going to be there. But, yeah, if gun to the head, I'm, I'm going Devin Vassell. And a close second, Sadiq Bay. Okay, love it. Very Matthew. nice. Yeah, Vassell's always been my guy from from day one, so I'm going to stick with him too. But honestly, I feel like Patrick Williams is probably the guy the Suns get if they take number 10 still. Yep. And I think if Obi Toppin by some miracle is still there, then I take yep. Obi Toppin. Yeah. If Devin Vassell is still there, not by some miracle, it's it's quite possible, I take Devin Vassell. But I'm of the thinking, you know, I, I talked about this on the last podcast. And, and if anybody's watching right now and you don't know why we haven't talked about any of the guards, we talked about it on our Thursday podcast. So if you're listening on our podcast network, just go back a couple episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, just go back to episode 92, I think it was. Yeah. When, when you're looking at the draft, you come to a fork in the road and you go, do you keep it or do you, or do you trade it? If you're going down the road, keep it. Now you come to wings, bigs, and forwards. Which road are you going to go down? A lot of people want us to go down that guard road. 
We want to get that next guy that we can we can uh, develop behind Ricky Rubio or CP3, whoever it is, so they have the ability to become the point guard of the future. I'm the guy who's always been under the thinking you can never have too many athletic wings, and I want to go down the wing route, and that's why Devin Vassell sitting there, and you know, Obi Top, and he's I know he's technically a big, but he can play as a wing too. So that's kind of my thought process as I go down it. So I can't wait for the draft, guys. I mean, I've been waiting yeah, for this draft man. for a fucking long time. I can't, I can't wait, wait till tomorrow. Hey, so can, I throw, can, I, <laughs> can I throw two quick names that I, that I didn't mention? Yeah, yeah. Bring it. Though? All right, so two guys. Uh, Killian Tilly, okay? Yes, Killian yeah. Tilly. I, you know what? I have a graphic. There you go. Killian Tilly. Gonzaga. Gonzaga kid. All Gonzaga kids can play basketball, man. He's well coached. Great mid-major. Um, this kid reminds me a lot of Danilo Gallinari, the guy that a lot of people are talking about. Um, again, he's a four-year guy. He went to school four years at Gonzaga, but this kid's got a lot of stuff to his bag. And if we can find a way to get, get our hands on a guy like that later in the draft, I would love Killian Tilly. And then the last guy, a kid out of DePaul, Paul Reed. Um, Paul Reed, man, this kid is I another- have no graphic. <laughs> this- <laughs> This is another kid that I, I can't fathom. He, he kind of falls into the McDaniels situation. I'm just when I watch his tape, he jumps off the screen, and and I just can't fathom why uh, you know more people aren't talking about him. But I got him pretty high on my board, and he's one of my steel guys. So keep your eye on DePaul forward, uh, Paul Reed. I think he's got some real good potential. Cool. And if we do trade down in the draft, potentially in order to do that, we get that second round pick. And Killian Tilly's a guy that I've heard. I think Zona Sports was talking about him on uh, the Solar Panel podcast, going over him, getting taking a shot again, and you know Killian Hayes and Killian Tilly. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think that's it, guys. We've talked for a long time. Uh, you know, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having you on, Flex. Uh, try try yeah, to get some sleep. I know that tomorrow is going to be another crazy day. Again, starting at noon Arizona time, that's when trades can officially start to go through. And you know, it's going to be a whirlwind week. You got the you have trades starting at tomorrow at noon. You have the draft at five o'clock on Wednesday. And free agency starts, I believe, Friday, correct? Friday, six PM for four four PM Arizona time. Yep. Yes. Cool. So we are definitely going to be busy. Uh for those jamsters watching the Suns Jam Session podcast or listening, know that we're going to have another episode on Tuesday where we're going to talk about whatever is going on in the NBA at that point. And then Thursday, we'll have kind of our draft recap podcast. So please tune in for both of those. Uh, Flex, when's the next Coast to Coast pod coming out? Uh, man, it may be coming out tonight, so I may not get some sleep. I'm, I'm talking to my man, Dan. We're trying to figure something out. If not tonight, uh, sometime early tomorrow. But, uh, but yeah, it's coming out. Awesome. And, uh, you know, tell everyone where they can follow you and listen to the pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Flex from Jersey, Cruise FE13 on Twitter. You can catch me on the Coast to Coast podcast, Coast to Coast pod one. And you can catch my man, Dan Duarte at Dan Duarte 89. That's my partner over at the Coast to Coast podcast. And I do a bad job of bringing his name up every time I do these shows. So <laughs> I apologize, Dan. I love you, my bro. You know, it's all love. Dude, you're getting better and better at plugging everything, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this evening. Thank you, Suns fans, for hanging out with us. Everybody have a great night and buckle up. Shit's about to get real starting tomorrow. Yep. Take care, Good everybody. Job, I love your family. Good job, Planet Orange. <laughs>